One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, church. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for this time of worship. And I'm so glad that we can experience the presence of God wherever we're at uh, as we enter into his presence through worship. And I hope that you are sensing God's presence today. I hope on this uh, Sunday morning or whenever you are watching this, that you are just filled with joy in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I'm so thankful that you're joining us today. I want to say a special welcome uh, to every one of you. Uh, First of all, I want to welcome those of you who are maybe guests with us today. Uh, Maybe you are joining us for the first time, or maybe you have just been joining us online uh, over these recent weeks and months. We are so glad that you're with us. So thankful that you would take the time uh, in this crazy season to join with us today. We just hope that you are encouraged and inspired in your faith. And also, I just want to make sure that you know that we are not just an online uh, streaming service, but we are a community. We are a community here in the Orlando uh, area, and we would love to invite you to connect with us. And we'd love to connect with you just to help you uh, to feel at home, to encourage you, to support you, to pray for you, um, to share with you how you can get more connected with what's happening in the life of our church. And so all you have to do is go to our website at ocparkdistrict.com fill out the connection card there. Give us a little bit of information about yourself. We'll reach out to you and we would just love to get to know you better. Uh, Also, welcome to all of our church family today uh, that uh, are joining us. Maybe you're in a house church this morning. Uh, Maybe you've had some good food to eat and now you're uh, turning your attention towards the Lord in worship and in the word. We're so glad that you are staying connected in this season. And uh, we've got a lot of great things coming up. Uh, Last week, we had an awesome time in the park. I was so encouraged to see so many of you last Sunday in the park. And uh, we've got another gathering coming up in just a few weeks. So I want to encourage you now, go ahead and mark your calendars for our next gathering, which is going to be something special. And that is Friends Giving. All right. That has become an annual event for us that we've done in the park uh, in the past. Last year, we did it at the Winter Park community or the Winter Park Farmers Market. This year, we're going someplace new and exciting, and that is Bramble Tree Estate. And so I want to encourage you, mark your calendars for Sunday, November 15th at 11 a.m. at Bramble Tree Estate. We will send that information to you, but we are going to be having Friendsgiving. It's a great time to invite friends, to invite family, to come. Uh, We will have a time of worship, just giving thanks to the Lord. We'll have a a short teaching. We will uh, then feast around the table. And also there'll be plenty of room for the kids to run, to play. We'll have some lawn games out there and it's just going to be a great, great time. So I want to encourage you to mark your calendar for Sunday, November 15th at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. is kind of the the window that we'll be meeting. And so we'll have plenty of time to linger and it's going to be a great, great time. In the meantime, I want to make sure that you are aware of other things that are happening. And one is our serve days. Uh, We've already launched that yesterday, starting with our first serve day. Next Saturday, uh, November 7th, we have another 
serve day opportunity. And that's just a chance for us as a church family to serve our community. Specifically, we are serving some foster families in our community who have opened their homes, opened their hearts to children in need of a foster family. And so we as a church, although some of us are called to do that ourselves, and I know some of you are even in the process of stepping into that, but all of us can love and support and encourage those foster families. And so we are doing that with our serve day again, uh, this coming Saturday, November 7th. We would love for you to be a part of that. You can sign up on our website at ocparkdistrict/events, ocparkdistrict.com slash events. And also, this is very exciting. If you sign up to serve, you get one of these cool t-shirts. All right. And um, I think that's just a good message for the moment that we are in. Love your neighbor. Okay. So uh, sign up to serve. Join us for our serve days uh, coming up. And also something uh, immediately coming up immediately is uh, a special prayer meeting. Of course, this week is our final moment to vote on Tuesday. And I, again, want to encourage every single one of you to um, really take seriously the responsibility to vote, um, to uh, be biblically minded as we go to the polls and then also just to be proactive. You know, it's always shocking the number of people that don't vote when we live in a country that we have the opportunity to do that. So I want to encourage you again to vote, but also to pray. That really is the unique responsibility that we have as a church. And so we have a special prayer meeting happening online tomorrow night from 8, 8, uh, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, all you have to do is, again, go to our events page at ocparkdistrict.com events for that link. And I want to encourage as many of you as possible, every single person who's a part of our church family, uh, this is um, this is not a Republican thing or a Democrat thing. This is a Jesus thing. This is a moment for us as followers of Jesus to pray for our nation, to pray for our city. And so I really want to invite you to do that. All right. Lots of great things coming up. I hope you'll be a part of all of those. Well, if you have your Bible today, why don't you grab it with me and turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts. I don't know about you, but when I just think about the book of Acts, it brings a smile to my face. And uh, we have been in the book of Acts for a few weeks in a series that we are calling The Movement. And we are looking at the original Jesus movement, the first followers of Jesus that was just a ragtag group of people following a, a uh, Jewish rabbi that went on to change the world. And really, that is a story that every single one of us is a part of as we today are followers of Jesus. And so as we're reading this book, studying this book, uh, we are asking the question, what is church? What does it mean to be a Jesus community, to be in the Jesus movement today and to be a part of his church? And I believe this is a crucial question for the moment we are in. Because in 2020, church looks different than it ever has before. In fact, uh, this has, has been a year of disruption to most of what we have known for church. And it's, it, it's kind of like all of our plans, all of our programs have just kind of been thrown out. But I believe we have an opportunity as we regather and as we move forward in the future 
to regather and to move forward in a way that is better than ever before. It kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, we used to have um, garage cleanout days. Every few months, my dad would wake us up early. Come on, boys, get out of bed. It's garage cleanout day. We always moaned a little bit. We never liked garage clean out day. It, it, things got a little bit messy, but what we did is we all, we pulled everything out of the garage, threw it all out, swept it out, sprayed it out, cleaned it out. And then we put things back in, but we didn't just throw everything back in. We, we looked at what needed to go in and what didn't. You know, there were some things that we looked at and we said, why do we even have this? Where did we get this? There's other things that we looked at and we said, you know, that's kind of become cluttered. That's become messy, but we really need to clean that up. We need to clarify it. There's some things that we would say, I forgot we even had this. Where has this been? This is so important. We need this. And that's the moment that we are in as a church. I believe God's pulled everything out of the church or allowed everything to be pulled out by the moment we're in. And as we regather and as we move forward, we don't want to just throw everything back in. We really want to look at what does the word say? What does the Bible say the church should be? And then we also want to ask to steal uh, a question from Marie Kanda. Uh, we want to ask the Lord, God, does this bring you joy? Do you want this in your house, in the church? What should the church look like moving forward. And that simply means that we are not deconstructing, but we're actually reforming to make sure that we are following everything that God has for us. And the book of Acts is really the clearest picture of what the church should be. And so over the last few weeks, we've talked about uh, the need for unity in the church. We talked about that before the Holy Spirit came, they were all together in one place. Last week, I talked to you about becoming a magnetic community that when uh, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He causes us to become magnetic to the world around us, magnetic to God, magnetic to each other. We become a magnetic community. And today, I want to continue that thought. And I, I really want to speak to you today what may be the most important message in this series. In fact, maybe if you hear nothing else in this series, this may be the most important message. In fact, I think it is the one thing in the book of Acts that causes everything else to happen. And so I want to look today at the book of Acts chapter 2, and I want to read verses 1 to 4. The Bible says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, that was a, a Jewish feast that people had gathered from all over to come to, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Today, I want to talk to you about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we look at the book of Acts and there's so many things in the book of Acts that are inspiring of what the church should be, a generous community, a magnetic community, a, a missional community, a powerful community, miraculous community, all of these things that the church was in the book of Acts. But oftentimes we can miss the thing that was the catalyst that released that power into the church. And that was the coming of the Holy Spirit. Or as Jesus says, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may hear that. You may think, oh, that kind of sounds weird. That sounds a little churchy. Well, I just have to tell you, it's actually not my language. It's not church language. It's not denominational language. It's Jesus's language. In Acts chapter one, verse five, Jesus had said to his disciples that you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And in Acts chapter two, as the Holy Spirit is poured out onto the disciples, Jesus's pronouncement was fulfilled. His followers were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now that word baptism uh, simply means this to submerge, to dunk under. It's the idea of one substance being submerged in another so that it can become affected by that other substance. If you've ever dyed clothes, uh, then you understand baptism. That, that original word was baptizo, and it meant to submerge. And if you've dyed clothes, you, you dunk the clothes in the dye and you bring them out so that they will carry the color of that dye. And that's really what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It means to be submerged in the Holy Spirit, uh, to, to be so surrounded by the Holy Spirit that when we leave that moment, we continue to carry the evidence of, the power of, the life of the Holy Spirit every single place that we go. Now, some of you would hear that and maybe say, well, baptism in the Holy Spirit, why do I need that? Don't I have the Holy Spirit? If, if I'm saved, don't I have the Holy Spirit? If I'm a Christian, if I'm a Jesus follower, don't I have the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that, which we've talked about before, is yes. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have been born again, you have the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says this in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 9, that he who does not have the Spirit of Christ is not his. In other words, in order to belong to Christ, you have to receive the Holy Spirit. But there is a distinct experience between being born of the Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but then in his baptism, the Holy Spirit came upon him and he became empowered. Again, the apostles had the moment when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see salvation, the initial work of the Holy Spirit unto salvation is about the forgiveness of my sins and the coming into new life in Christ. When you've been saved, you've been born again by the Holy Spirit. And that guarantees that uh, you have the hope of eternity with Christ. But that salvation is really about our justification. And baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just about us. It's actually about the world. You see, 
Uh, Salvation is about us going to heaven. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about heaven coming into us in order for us to be more effective in life. Salvation guarantees that we are going to heaven when we die, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about our effectiveness and empowerment for life. And here's what I want you to understand, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is essential for every follower of Jesus. It is essential for every follower of Jesus. You know, sometimes we hear about this and maybe people have differing opinions and some people may think, well, you know, this is kind of a nice add on. It's kind of like if you've ever bought a car, there's, you know, there's some things that are options. And if you get the fully loaded truck, you get all the options. You get the leather seats, you get the, the, the backup camera, uh, you get all of the options. Uh, and sometimes we think of the baptism in the Holy Spirit as kind of an, an optional add-on. But that's not the picture that the Bible shows us. The picture uh, that the Bible shows us is not that it is an optional extra for a select few, but it is essential For every follower of Jesus who wants to be effective in life, who wants to experience everything that God has for us, for you and for I, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is essential. It is essential. In fact, the Bible in the Old Testament prophesies it. The book of Joel, the prophet Joel says that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Jesus commanded his disciples to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. So the Old Testament prophesied Jesus commanded them to wait for it. And then the apostles, as they went out preaching the gospel, telling the Jesus story around the world, repeated it. In fact, as they went into new cities and found people that had come to Christ, the question they asked was, did you receive the Holy Spirit? So today, if Paul were to walk into our church, the Apostle Paul or Peter or one of the apostles, if they were to walk in our church today, uh, they would ask, number one, Do you believe in Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you been born again? Have you turned to him uh, for your life and, and, and put your faith in him unto salvation? But the second question that they would ask is, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I want you to understand that for every one of us as followers of Jesus, and I'm speaking specifically today to our church family. I know maybe others are joining us and maybe some of you aren't even yet a follower of Jesus. And I just want to invite you today to put your faith in Jesus, to turn to Jesus. But for those of us who have, God doesn't want us to just go to heaven when we die. He wants us to live a life of effectiveness here and now. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is essential for every believer who wants to receive everything that God has for them. So so it's important for us to understand that this is essential. This is an important thing. This is not an obscure doctrine. This is not something that has been, you know, is um, a select few do it, although this is something that throughout history has become one of those items that is often forgotten. 
<laughs> to go back to the analogy of cleaning out the garage, throughout history, there have been moments where the baptism in the Holy Spirit has been pushed to the background. But I believe that today God wants us to, uh, to, to bring that back to the forefront for every single one of us. Because the, the moment that we live in, if, if there's anything we need, we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so I want to lovingly provoke you. I want to lovingly encourage you to uh, be open for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and not just to talk about it, but to experience it. You know, we've talked about it numerous times, but perhaps still you have never experienced it. Or, or maybe today you're saying, I'm not sure if I've experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, the Bible actually tells us that there is a way that we can know if we have received this empowerment, this baptism, this submersion in the Holy Spirit. In fact, in this passage that we just read, the Bible gives us an evidence for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 2 verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice that it wasn't a few of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that in the last days, God would pour out His Spirit on all flesh. So this is available for every single person. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen to this. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How did they know that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Uh, what was the evidence that other people saw that demonstrated that they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit? It was that they spoke in tongues. In fact, again and again, throughout the book of Acts, we will see that the biblical norm is that when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, they will speak with tongues. Tongues is the evidence biblically of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some people that don't speak in tongues, but again, I believe it's so important that we always go back to what does the Bible say? And the Bible shows us that the pattern throughout the book of Acts is when someone's baptized in the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues. You know, some of us may hear that. We may think, uh, you know, I was kind of with you on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but now you're talking about tongues. That's just weird. I'm not into that. And maybe I could just help to demystify tongues a little bit. Tongues Really, the, the word in the Bible is just languages. Tongues kind of sounds like some weird, you know, uh, dismembered body part floating around. But it actually just means languages. And when the Holy Spirit moves on our heart, it produces languages that we speak supernatural, spiritual languages. And that's not weird. That's normal. In fact, our hearts always manifest what's in our hearts flows out of our mouth, the Bible says. And so tongues, speaking in tongues is, is just the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's work in our heart that manifests with a supernatural demonstration. And I want to share with you really four things that tongues or, or spiritual languages bring into our lives or what they do. And the first thing is, I want you to see that these languages 
tongue, the, that the Bible calls tongues, number one is that it can be a foreign language. It can be a foreign language. In other words, it can be a human language that was unknown previously to the speaker. And that's what happens in Acts chapter 2, the passage we just read. If you continue reading, it says that there was people who were gathered from many nations around that were in Jerusalem for this big Pentecost Jewish feast. And the Bible says that when those who were in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with tongues or languages, everyone who was around heard them speak in their own language. Now, commentators and historians and theologians will debate, were they speaking in the languages or were they just miraculously hearing in those languages? And I don't really think that it matters, but I think it's important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit actually helps us to bridge cultural barriers. One way that he does that is through the, the gift of tongues. And I've seen that Myself, I've experienced it. Uh, I, I was one time in a uh, church service in Denmark with my dad and my dad was ministering and he's praying and he begins to pray out in tongues, in a spiritual language. And, and there was a lady that was sitting back at the back of the room and, and she began to say, that's, that's Swahili. He's speaking in Swahili. Now, my dad likes to fake that he knows different languages, but he doesn't know Swahili. He, he didn't know how to speak Swahili, uh, but this, this lady was hearing Swahili. And, and we found out later she had been a missionary in Africa and now in her old age had had to come back to Denmark and she felt disconnected and even forgotten by God. Her husband had passed away. She was a widow and just feeling forgotten by God. And when she heard this language and really the, the phrase that the pastors would even speak to the congregation in Africa, she felt so loved. She felt so known. She, she felt God has remembered me. And, and uh, Tongues can be a, a, a foreign language. In fact, around the world today, uh, the place where the church is advancing the most, uh, not just here in America, but in Africa, in uh, Latin America, in Asia, the global movement of the church, the Jesus movement as it's expanding, is expanding through people that have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit helps us to cross cultural barriers. And tongues can be a foreign language. The second thing I want you to see is that tongues can be a language of angels, a language of angels. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 13, a, a scripture that is often quoted at weddings. And he says, though I speak in the tongue of angels, of men and of angels, but have not love, I am nothing. And Paul was bringing balance and correction to a church that had been so impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit. They so loved the gift that they just began to abuse the gift. But he doesn't say stop speaking in tongues. He, he says that you need to use the gift in love, but he says that you're speaking in the tongue of angels. And I don't totally know what that means, but it seems to tell us that when we speak in tongues, we can be speaking the language of heaven. I don't know about you, but everything in heaven, I want it in my life. I, I want miracles. I want signs and wonders. I want miraculous provision and breakthrough and divine guidance. 
And I believe that when we speak in tongues, we may be speaking in the language of angels, and it may be an entry point into the miraculous power of God. There's all kinds of gifts that God wants to give to us, but really it's easier to speak in tongues or to start speaking in tongues than it is to go raise the dead or go tell somebody to get up out of a wheelchair. And when we speak in tongues, it can be a heavenly language that brings us into a supernatural life. So tongues can be a foreign language. It can be a a, a language of angels. The third thing I want you to see is that tongues can be the language of my spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. He goes on to say that my mind is unfruitful, but I want to focus on that, that phrase, my spirit prays. I don't know if you've ever reached the point in prayer that you just feel like I've run out of words. I don't know what else to say. I've said, God, you're good. I've said, God, I love you but I can't say anything else. And my heart just wants to explode with love for God. I was talking to a a friend of mine recently who's got, I think about a three-year-old little girl. And he was just telling me, he said, you know, sometimes I I just tell my daughter, I love you, I love you, I love you. And he said, sometimes I just feel like it doesn't communicate fully what's in my heart. He said, "I, I... I say, I love you. I love you. And he's like, I just want to say, blah, 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 blah. I love you. What is it? It's his heart. Our language falls short to communicate the fullness of what's in our hearts. And when we pray, the Bible says our spirit prays and we can pray things that we are limited by in our mind, but it elevates our prayer life to be able to more fully communicate what is in our hearts. The fourth thing that I want you to see is that tongues can be a gift to the church. Paul, in that passage in 1 Corinthians in chapter 14, he says that in the context of a church gathering, if someone is speaking publicly, that they should not speak in tongues, but they should speak in a language that everybody can hear. Because you don't want to just build yourself up as, as the gift of tongues does if it's done without an interpretation, but you want to build up the body. And so tongues paired with interpretation can become a wonderful gift in the body. And Paul goes on to say this, that when we speak in tongues in a gathering and there is an interpretation that an unbeliever will come in and will say, wow, God is in this place. There's a supernatural power in this place. You know, oftentimes when we think about outsiders coming in, we think, well, we've got to kind of tone everything down to the lowest common denominator. No, Paul says when unbelievers come in, they want to see power. They want to see God is in this place. I'll tell you this, that in 2020, the church doesn't need impressive lights. The church doesn't need impressive equipment or not just the church, but the world doesn't need impressive lights and impressive equipment. The world needs God. The world needs God. And when we make room for the Holy Spirit through spiritual gifts, specifically tongues and interpretation in our gatherings, we are making room for God to move so that others will come in and say, wow, God is in this place. And so tongues are an important part of our spiritual life. So as we prepare to close, maybe you're saying today, okay, how can I be baptized in the Holy Spirit? 
And in fact, I want to lovingly lean into this today. I want to lovingly lean into these languages. Now, I, I want to lovingly ask you, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Not just heard about it, not just seen it, not just thought about it. Have you experienced it? Because everything else that we're talking about in the book of Acts hinges on the experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. As we're studying the book of Acts, we have to ask the question, have we been filled with the Holy Spirit? It's kind of like if you were going to study yoga, you could study the history of yoga, you could study the poses of yoga, but at some, time, at some point, you've got to get down on the mat and you've got to do it. You could study football, you could understand the history of it, you could memorize all of the teams, you could know all of the rules, but at some point, you've got to do it. And I want to lovingly lean into you today as your pastor, as, a, as your brother. I want to lovingly lean into this to encourage you. As Paul said, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Because what I often find is that tongues becomes a catalyst for spiritual growth and spiritual life. It activates our faith. And so my prayer is that every one of us would be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. And so how can we do that? How do you do that? What, what does that look like? Well, I, I believe Jesus gives the answer. In fact, he's the very best place to go for the answer. And here's what Jesus says. John chapter 7, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. The first thing I think Jesus wants us to see is that you've got to be thirsty. If you want the Holy Spirit, you've got to be thirsty. In other words, there has to be a desire. And I would say this, if you hear this about the Holy Spirit and you go, I don't really want that. I want to ask you why. What is it in you that recognizes that God has something for you, but you don't want it. Now, I believe if we don't want what God has, it may be a sign that we've misunderstood the nature of God. We don't know how good God is. He says, you need to desire it. You need to be thirsty for it. You know, thirst shows that there is a lack of something, a deficit of something. And I don't know about you, but when I read the New Testament, I go, wow, they're, they're preaching the gospel. Wow, they're laying hands on the sick. Wow, there's miraculous provision. The Holy Spirit's directing them, telling them to go here, go there. There's prophetic words, there's dreams. I want that life. And to be honest, oftentimes I fall far short. And the distance between where we're at and where God wants to take us is an opportunity for us to be thirsty. The apostles were thirsty. They were desiring. They wanted the Holy Spirit so bad, they waited in the upper room for 10 days. Now, they didn't even know it would be 10 days. For all they knew, maybe it would be 10 years. But they said, we're going to wait here because they are thirsty for the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you today, are you thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Are you desiring the Holy Spirit? Are you satisfied, spiritually stagnant in the place that you're at? Or do you have something in you that feels this longing for more of what God has? Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. The second thing we have to do is we have to come to Jesus. And through Jesus, we ask the Father 
to send the Holy Spirit, to give the Holy Spirit. We are inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives. You see, if we really want something, we're not passive in it. Any of you that have children, you know, if your kids want something, they are actively pursuing it. They're going after it. And Jesus says this, that if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Have you ever asked God to give you the Holy Spirit? Just a moment, we're going to ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And if you're thirsty for the Holy Spirit, I believe that God is going to fill you today with the Holy Spirit as we ask. And that's what he says that he will. He goes on to say, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. In other words, when we ask, he will give it to us and there will flow rivers of living water. The third thing I, need, I believe we need to do is not only desire and ask, but we have to release. As rivers flow out, they have to be released. You know, I can't produce a river, but I can stop a river. You can't produce the Holy Spirit. God's got to give you the Holy Spirit. But as God gives you the Holy Spirit, you have to release the Holy Spirit. One way that we do that is through speaking in tongues. I, I want you to notice that on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues. It wasn't the Holy Spirit who spoke in tongues. God's not going to reach into your mouth and shake your tongue. He's not going to make you speak in tongues. They spoke in tongues. Sometimes we think, well, is that me speaking in tongues? In fact, oftentimes when you begin to step out, the enemy will come and say, that's just you. Well, when you started speaking, wasn't that just you? The enemy will say, you're just faking it. Well, my two-year-old daughter, Clara, as she's learning to speak, she may be faking it. She's repeating what somebody else says, but it's as she's doing that, she will learn to let the language of her heart flow. And so I want to encourage you to release the gift of tongues, to step out in faith. That may feel like you're just babbling. And to be honest, when I speak in tongues and the gift of tongues is a vital part of my prayer life. Every time before I preach, I pray in tongues because I don't want to just speak a natural message. I want to speak a supernatural message. If you want supernatural power, you need to activate supernatural prayer. You need to pray in the spirit. And, and oftentimes when I pray in the spirit, it starts off feeling like this is just me praying. But somewhere along the way, it's like the wind begins to come and fill my sails. You know, it, it's true also in any relationship, even for my wife and I, to use a personal illustration for my wife and I in intimacy, it's very rare that we're just overtaken with emotion. Oftentimes we, we just begin to activate love. <laughs> and it's as we activate that there begins to be the feelings. And tongues oftentimes is not this ecstatic, overwhelming experience. Oftentimes it's just our activation of our spirit, giving voice just as any prayer is. And so I want us to take a moment right now. I want to invite you, whether you're in a house church with some friends or 
whether you're at home with your family or maybe you're by yourself, I want to invite you to step into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe as I've been talking, maybe you feel that desire in your heart. Maybe you feel like, God, I'm thirsty for more of you. God, I need more of you. God, I need your love. God, I need your joy. I want to ask you, if you would, just to pray with me and wherever you're at, just to take a moment to focus in. And if you have that desire in your heart, if you would say, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, God, I'm thirsty for you. If you feel that today, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you just to put your hands in front of you like this. It's nothing magical about this. It's merely a sign of openness. You're simply saying, God, I'm open. You see, this is stay away from me. I don't trust you, but this is I'm open. I'll receive what you have for me. And so I want to invite you just to put your hands out. If you're in a group and any person in that group today, you just say, I, I, I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Would you just put your hands out like this? And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. We're going to pray in faith based on the Word of God that says He will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And so, Father, today I pray for every person, Lord, that is hearing this, that is watching this, Lord, that is reaching out in faith today. And Lord, we thank you that you have promised the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And so, Lord, right now, wherever we're at, we stop and we wait, as the apostles did in the upper room. And we ask, send your Holy Spirit. We pray Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into every family room. Come into every home. Come into every bedroom, every car, every place that we are gathered and every place that we are opening our hearts to you today. We invite you to come. Fill us with your Spirit your hands are out, would you just say that prayer with me? God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to begin to open your mouth. We're going to begin to just thank God for the Holy Spirit. And as we come to the end of our own words, I want to encourage you to step out and begin to speak. The Bible says as the Spirit gives utterance. So let's just open our mouths. You don't have to pray loudly, just in your own way to the Lord. Begin to tell God how good He is. Begin to thank Him for His love. Begin to thank Him for His kindness. Begin to thank Him for His grace. And Father, we thank You today, Lord, for everything that You have for us. And Lord, we as individuals, we as families, we as a church family, God, we want everything that you have for us. And Lord, we pray today, baptize us now in the Holy Spirit. 
with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I pray in Jesus' name. We're just praying together. Thank you, Lord. As you begin to reach the end of your words, the end of your prayers, I want to encourage you to just begin to speak out in tongues. You don't have to speak loudly, but it's a step of faith activating. It may feel like you're jumping off, but I believe even as you open your mouth, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to give you languages. Maybe it's just vowels or maybe it's just little sounds, but I believe God's going to begin to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we thank you for that and we praise you today. I just want to pray out so that you feel encouraged, that you can pray out in tongues, take a step of faith. You may feel weird, but you know, when we began to speak as children, it was unfamiliar. But I believe God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit, even as we're waiting for Him now. I want to encourage you, those of you who are gathered in your house church, just to continue to make room for the Holy Spirit. Maybe you just need to sit in silence for a few minutes. Maybe you need to pray over one another. Maybe you need to talk about this more, but I want to encourage you, for those of you who are hungry and thirsty, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue to make room for the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. In fact, tonight, uh, as you're watching this, if you're watching this on, on Sunday, November 1st, um, we are going to be gathering at my house. Jen and I want to open up our home and we want to pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're experiencing that now, or maybe not, but you just have this desire, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit before, but you want more of the Holy Spirit. We want to invite you to our house tonight and also next Sunday um, for what we're just calling Holy Spirit Nights. And we're just going to come together. We're going to have a time of worship, of prayer. We want to pray for one another to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we want to step into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so we would love to invite you. If you are longing for that, we want to invite you to join us at 6 p.m. tonight, Sunday night, and also next Sunday night at our house. And we'll share with you more information about that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I pray that as your heart is stirred with faith for everything God has for you, I hope that you will experience, that we will experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a greater way. Thank you so much for joining me today. We'll look forward to hopefully seeing some of you tonight. All you have to do is go to our events page, ocparkdistrict.com events. Sign up there for our Holy Spirit nights. We'd love to see you tonight, next Sunday night, tomorrow night. Don't forget we have a prayer meeting on Zoom. You can sign up for that online as well. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great, great day.